Hello and welcome to episode 156 of the Thinking LSAT podcast in Los Angeles. I am Nathan Fox with me in Vienna, Virginia, Ben Olson. Ben, how you been doing since uh, New York City? Doing great, actually. Um, it's extraordinarily hot over here. And I only mention that because I'm, although I'm trying to avoid commenting on the weather, as you know, I just <laughs> ran to talk to my kids before we started recording so that they would at least be somewhat quiet while we were talking. And when I got upstairs, um, the two back door sliding doors or whatever they are were wide open and they're outside running around. I'm like, guys, it's, it's 90 degrees outside. No wonder the AC is like chugging away. <laughs> Trying to make the house uh, 72 or whatever. It's Dude, trouble. you're just doing your part to combat global warming. You're trying to That's air condition true. the outside. <laughs> well, you know, it's hot out there in the backyard if you don't have the window or door. Yeah, you got to blast the AC out into the outside. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, today on the show, we have an update on the LSAT demon. We have um, news about our upcoming class October 20 and 21st in Chicago, Illinois, which is registering now on thinkinglsat.com. We have an email from Barry Law about a pretty crazy last-minute scholarship offer. We have someone asking about our use of psychedelics, and uh, the, someone said that it benefited them when they were thinking about their personal statement. I can't wait to get into that. Hmm. Okay. We have... Uh, People asking about addendum, diversity statement, and resume issues. We have people wanting a sales pitch for uh, strategy prep versus Fox LSAT versus Seven Sage, which we, we can chat a little bit about that. I'm not going to give much of a sales pitch for anything. Um, we have a personal statement to um, shit on. We have a GPA addendum. I don't know if we're going to get to all this stuff. We, there's a lot here on the agenda today. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, we'll just give it a try and <laughs> yeah. see yeah. if you remember anything we promised you in this teaser. <laughs> yeah, 45 minutes from now, you won't remember what we said we were going to talk about anyway. So <laughs> just uh, you get what you pay for here on the Thinking LSAT podcast. Um, yeah. Remember, you can always email the show. That's help at thinkinglsat.com if you would like to get questions on the show. Please, no walls of text. Please keep those emails short and sweet. Uh, if you ask your questions at the top of the email, you are much more likely to get them answered. We have 815 members in the Thinking LSAT podcast group on Facebook. This week they were uh, chatting about – I asked for uh, recommendations for where we should eat and drink and uh, host our class and stay on October 20th and 21st in Chicago. So. Um, please join us on the Thinking LSAT podcast group and chime in about that. People were also talking about, you know, last minute study stuff for the September LSAT and all sorts of other good stuff. So join, uh, join the conversation, please, on Facebook. Um, we now have 132 followers on our Instagram page, which is Thinking LSAT. I really never use that. Uh, we have 35 patrons on Patreon who are now donating $160 every month to the show, uh, which defrays 16% of our uh, monthly expenses. Thank you very much. We have 325 ratings and 87 reviews on iTunes. We really appreciate your uh, sharing your thoughts, uh, feedback about the show, even when you want to shit on us. That's fine. Don't care. Go to iTunes and tell us what you think. Um, 
Please do us a favor, though, and hook us up with your pre-law society. The email address for that is podcast at thinkinglsat.com. And uh, you could hook us up with your advisors and your associations that you belong to. And we can then share useful resources and invitations to events and that type of stuff. Uh, instead of, you know, the garbage that they are currently getting spammed with from Kaplan, um, they can start to get some actual real help from us here at Thinking LSAT. We now have a LinkedIn group, um, Thinking LSAT podcast on LinkedIn. And we are we still looking for a volunteer moderator for that, Ben? Oh, uh, we are, I think. Yeah. Okay. So we would love somebody who is like a, uh, you know, if you're like a real uh, LinkedIn user, power user, and you are also a listener of the show and you would like to volunteer to be our moderator on the LinkedIn group, um, just email help at thinkinglsat.com and uh, say you would like to volunteer for that gig and you could do us a favor over there. We're also on Twitter at thinkinglsat is the show at N Fox. That's me personally at Olson Benjamin. That's Ben. Uh, so if Twitter is your chosen um, social media, you can find us there. Strategyprep.com, foxlsat.com to learn about all of our live uh, services. Individually, I do classes in L.A. and San Francisco. Ben does classes live in D.C. And we each have all sorts of online and one-on-one tutoring options. Awesome. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the demon, Ben. We had some growing pains this week. We did. Um, there are features that are working and there are features that are not working. And we're trying to figure out how to get those fixed. We do have a plan and we are fixing them and we appreciate everyone's feedback. Uh, we, If you have any questions or things that you need help with, email us. We want to make it awesome for you. And so that's what we're working on doing right now, in fact. Yeah, software development is hard. Uh, as soon as we launched this out to the world, we discovered uh, <laughs> bugs that never came to our attention during the um, you know free trial testing period. We had many, many users in there testing it in the free trial, and just things didn't come up. But as soon as we pushed it out to the world, then all of a sudden... Um, things kind of came crashing down. The tool definitely works. Uh, we have taken care of anybody who, you know, if, if people are complaining that things are going wrong and it's not what they expected, hey, we're not in the business of ripping people off. We are, <laughs> we are going to take care of you. We promise you that. So email help at thinkinglset.com if there's anything that, you know, you, you're not happy with. And we will, we promise we will take care of you. Um, but that tool exists and it is very useful for uh, some people and it's at thinkinglsat.com or lsatdemon.com, huh? Yeah, lsatdemon.com and you can use it whenever you're on the go. That's mainly who we're targeting is people who want to study when they're on the metro or whatever and at home, but yeah. Yep, on the toilet. <laughs> yes. 100%. You can get, get back some time that you're spending uh, doing other things and uh, get you know sneak in some LSAT questions. Um, that's at lsatdemon.com, and that we promise you that is going to continue to uh, get better. And uh, we're pretty happy with it right now. But we did have some growing pains this week. We wanted to be uh, transparent about that and apologize to anybody who was uh, inconvenienced. Uh, but we are uh, we are working on it. We promise. Um. Okay. This thing. <laughs> oh, Chicago. You want to talk about We need about to talk about Chicago. All? Yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, Saturday and Sunday, October 20th and 21st. It's $395. And we will be teaching our live class, which continues to get better. So we've done two already. Uh, I feel like 
I feel like they both went very, very well. So um, I'm excited to do another one. But at the same time, each time we meet, we have just slightly different ideas on how we could do it differently and um, add to the class. This last time, one of your former students came and talked to everybody about law school and legal practice. And I, I feel like that added a component to it that we didn't have before. Uh, we have a special guest coming next time. Yeah, in Chicago, Anne Levine is going to be there in person on Sunday. So, um, She's a great know. presenter, huh? She's great in front of the crowd. She is great in front of the crowd. She came right before going up to New York. She came to my live class. And we had about 80, 90 people there. And she did a great job. I mean, she ripped into people's personal statements who had submitted them. Oh, wow. And um, in front of that group, that took a lot of uh, courage on their part, but... It was really helpful feedback at the same time. That's amazing. So yeah, October 20th and 21st, uh, I we will both be arriving on Friday at the latest. And um, so we'll do our usual uh, drinking LSAT social gathering on Friday night, maybe also Saturday night. Um, those are always fun to hang out with uh, listeners and students. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. You know what else is going to be exciting potentially, Ben, is mm. the... Um, I don't know if you follow baseball really that much at all. I know you're a big uh, Washington Nationals fan slash Walgreens <laughs> fan, but um, the uh, the Cubs are in it, and it's going to be like game six and seven of the National League Championship Series if the Cubs are still in it, and that could be really exciting to be in Chicago while the Cubs are making another playoff oh, wow. run. So, okay, um, yeah. I mean, of course, that's only game six and seven of the NLCS, so. That's only if uh, if the series goes that long and only if the Cubs are still in it. But they've been really good lately, and they're definitely looks like they're going to win their division. So um, good. odds are good that it'll be baseball time in the fall in uh, in Chicago. So I don't think we're going to uh, probably get to a Cubs game. Those will be <laughs> awful expensive if they're happening. But uh, watching them on TV could be uh, could be pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, baseball is basically my only spectator sport, so I, it's, sometimes, it's sometimes fun to check, to check out a baseball game. Yeah, I should introduce you to um, my best friend growing up. You guys seem kind of similar. He's, uh, I think he's in L.A. too. I should know that. Oh. But uh, he is touring the country right now, going to every uh, baseball stadium. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd love to meet him. Sure. Um, I don't get to a lot of baseball games. I, I, know, I never like watch it on TV, really, because it's just so slow. And but it, it's fun to get to a game and drink a beer um, and you know hang out. And it would, it's Chicago is such a cool town, period. But it's also an awesome baseball town. So it, I, I would be excited to go uh, find a bar and watch uh, watch a game if the Cubs were playing. Yeah. Cool. Um, this email from Barry Law, we're trying to get through some content today, so I'm just going to dive right into it. Uh, Graham sent this in. It was, uh, hey, we're, you know what? We're like getting this. Sarah's doing an awesome job, by the way, of uh, curating our um, agenda. So I think the show is going to yeah. get a lot better because mm-hmm. of that, because this is now like a little more recent. This is from uh, Friday, August 24th. Mm. Um, Graham got this email that says, Dear Graham, based on your academic credentials, you may be eligible for a 95% scholarship for law school this fall 2018. Whoa. (laughs) Then, Then check out this weaselly language here. If you are interested in spring 2019, 100% of the class will get a financial award. Hmm. 
You may also qualify for additional funds, such as grants, depending on your specific needs. We are also accepting the July 2018 LSAT score for fall 2018 applications. We have seats available with a remainder of at least 95% off the tuition for each seat. Wow. So that you're talking about the Weasley language is it's talking about 95% scholarship and then shifting and talking about 100% of the class with a <laughs> yeah. financial reward, and which Graham could misinterpreted be zero. That. I mean, right. very little. Yeah. Graham, in his email above, he clearly misinterpreted that to, to mean 95% off in the fall and then 100% full tuition in the spring. But that's not what yeah. that says. It says 100% that's not what of the class will get a financial award, which might be 10%. Yeah, ten dollars here. Look, yeah, go it's buy also, lunch on us. It's also just a terribly written email. I mean, it's like it's so hard to follow it and just so clunky. I mean, I, I'm not going to name whoever wrote this, but what, what does this even mean? If you are interested in spring 2019, law school doesn't start until the fall of 2019. Do they have like a an early start program or I a don't, late no. start date? Like if you're interested in starting in spring of 2019, I guess. That's or does weird. it mean if you're interested in continuing, like? <laughs> If you you might want to go one semester and then not continue. <laughs> the the one thing that we know for sure is that this is desperation. It is desperation. I mean, yeah, it's each August of the seats. Yeah, <laughs> this came out August twenty fourth, and it's like, hey, would you like to go to our school for free this right now? And they're willing to take five percent of their normal rate. Yeah, totally. Yep. So a couple Anything, thousand dollars. Is pay what as need. you go. <laughs> <laughs> like pay pay what you want. It's this new thing. Pay what you want pricing for law school. <laughs> um, it's go, the Barry University School of Law is an ABA accredited law school that offers a competitive, comprehensive academic success program, including individualized study plans all throughout law school. One L comprehensive preparation for the bar exam and tailored bar preparation for any state. Barry Law actively ex- assists in externship and job placements within the country or internationally. Classes begin next week, so apply today. Please contact us at lawadmissions at barry.edu today for full details regarding our financial awards. We are committed to working with you to help put a Barry Law education within reach. <sighs> there you go. Just go to Barry Law for free. Wow. That just reeks of desperation. Yeah, that that is like, we might not be here after a year, but if you want to come for free, you can. So that's cool. I, yeah. Anyway. What's Graham's question, or is it just like... No, Graham just wanted to share it. Graham, Graham was just like, hey, look, <laughs> Graham also, let me see if this is true. Hold on. This is really funny. The thing he said about the 509 being um, blurry. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> he was doing it on his phone, so this—it's probably not true. That would be hilarious, though. Wait, I, the link didn't work for me. Oh, here it is. No, it's fine. Five hundred nine. Oh yeah, it, no, it's, it's perfect. Now that I've got the five hundred nine up. All right, Graham. Now we have to go after you. Seventy-fifth percentile, one fifty-one. Twenty-fifth okay. percentile, one forty-five. Ooh, yikes. They got four. They got fifteen hundred admit offers last year. For, uh, sorry, fifteen hundred applications, and they admitted over half of those. So they admitted eight hundred and twenty-one students, and only two hundred and thirty-seven matriculated. 
GPA percentiles go from 2.69 to 3.28. If yeah. full-time tuition 35 grand. Scholarships, 84% of them last year getting scholarships. Of those, 6% were getting full tuition or more than full tuition. 26% were getting half to full tuition. Um, and I just cannot believe that bar passage rate is not on the 509 anymore. <laughs> so embarrassing. Well, who, who needs to know that? Yeah. What's that have to do with it? What's that have to do with anything? Okay. Anyway, moving on. Um, that does not look like a great law school to attend. And you, that is going to be very speculative. I, you know, if you're not paying then, okay. But if you're paying to go to that school, boy, think about how desperate they are right now for students and consider whether that's something that you really want to do. Anyway. Um, I can't hold on. I can't believe this. I'm looking at schools from which students transferred. So mm-hmm. someone transferred for, from George Washington. What were they thinking? Yeah, they wanted to live in Orlando for whatever reason, and they wanted to not pay. I'm sure that must have been a full tuition scholarship transfer. Must have been. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Want to do this next email? Yep. Let's see here. Dear Graham, dear Graham. Hello, Ben and Nathan and new gatekeepers. That's Sarah for now. If I make it to the show, please refer to me as Stone. I have a question about my personal statement that I would like to ask. Okay, you didn't need that sentence. We know why you're writing. <laughs> okay. I heard you two discuss psychedelics in a podcast, and I was wondering if I could, should, share my thoughts of what I experienced when I tried LSD for the first time in my personal statement. Oh, my God. Really? Okay. I misinterpreted what this was going to be about. I thought it was going to be somebody doing some psychedelics and then having epiphanies about what they should write about on their personal statement. But I'm going to tell you right now, no, you should not talk about <laughs> LSD on your personal statement. Are you fucking kidding legit, me? Is this a legit email? Stone might be trolling us here. Sarah, you're going to have to look at this more carefully. The psychedelic really gave me some great introspect. Okay. Keep going. And retrospect on the importance of the law and to the importance of adding to what we define as justice in a contemporary society. (laughs) 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 What? Okay. I believe that sharing some of this insight could catch the eye of some great law schools, but I also believe that it is the exact thing that would scare some admission departments away. I'm glad you've regained your senses. Hell yeah. Okay. I am pursuing a legal education for my desire to transform the, quote, box, close quote, of the legal sphere into... Wait. (laughs) Is that an analogy? (laughs) The box of the legal sphere. That's awesome. That doesn't go together. Into one that that can better help and understand people. Good... Good luck with that. That makes no sense. (laughs) This makes no sense. The psychedelic really gave me some great introspect and retrospect on the importance of the law and to the importance of adding to what we define as justice in a contemporary society. That makes no sense. I'm sorry, but that is nonsensical. 
Wait, wait. It could catch the eye <laughs> of some great law schools. <laughs> no, none of them. Okay. If you two have any advice for me, it would be greatly appreciated. Exclamation point. Thank you so much for doing what you do every day and keep up the great content. Exclamation point. Can't wait to tune in on the next episode. Stone, <sighs> don't write this in your personal statement. <clears throat> 50% fake. Fifty percent. It's a. I give. I put even money on whether this is real or not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. If it's real, um, I'm glad that you had some good epiphanies on acid. I am a big uh, believer in psychedelic drugs. I I have. It's been like ten years since I've done any psychedelics at all, but I have successfully done uh, psilocybin mushrooms and uh, LSD many times, and it is has done nothing but good things for me. I I 100% believe in it. If you say that in your personal statement, you are an idiot. Are you kidding me? Do you, that's like just, you don't, for one, it's a federal crime. I mean, maybe it's not a federal crime to do it, but it's certainly a crime to possess it. Which, yeah, you have to possess it to do it. Uh, it, what? It would be an unbelievably huge lack of judgment to put that in your personal statement and you would automatically get denied at every law school. I, um, I mean, Oh yeah. No if, way. if your other credentials were no, wait, like, Barry, Barry would take them. Yeah. Barry, would Barry wouldn't them. even read it. Barry would just be like, will you, can you be here? Um, we have empty seats we need bodies. Um, and you know, I, I could even like conceive of a one in a 10,000 shot at, if if your like resume and your LSAT score and your transcript and everything is so sterling, then I think it might be possible to get away with it. But based on the sentences here, you're not the one who can pull this off. So there are three groups that applicants generally get put into, right? They get into the uh, presumptive admit, the presumptive deny, and then the the group that's going to send your application to the committee for further review and presumptive admit means that your numbers are good enough that they're presumably going to admit you unless your numbers are so good that they don't want to hurt their yield or you've done something so stupid that despite your numbers, they're not going to admit you. This is the kind of applicant that you're looking at stone. You're going to become this applicant who maybe (laughs) – was put into the presumptive admit category for a school and then they decided to look at your application to make sure they're not making some big mistake and they say whoops i don't know why we would accept stone yep uh, there are certain certain students who you have your, such great numbers that you <laughs> they want to admit you i always say this they want to admit you and they check your other they check your like personal statement and your letters of recommendation just to make sure you're not a crazy person yeah this is the one that if you wrote that stuff, they would be like, whoa, <laughs> dodged a bullet there. <laughs> yeah. Do not do this. Okay, thanks. Next one. Yep. Hello. And, by, and thanks, Stone, for writing in if, the, if, this, if that was a real question. Hello. I recently started listening to your podcast, and it has spurred some questions about what to include in my application. Some background on me as an applicant. I went to Drexel for undergrad, 3.75 GPA, and Columbia for my master's in public health. I have four years of research experience, including publications and professional presentations. I'm currently in an LSAT prep course with a starting score of a 158 without any prep. 
So I think I can bring that up. I am applying to Yale, Harvard, Columbia, NYU, Penn, and Georgetown with hopes of doing health law specifically focused around access to care and reproductive rights. Questions. One, I was registered for the December 2017 LSAT but withdrew because I was not able to devote time to studying with grad school, a full-time job, and writing my master's thesis. Do I need to write an addendum explaining why there is a withdrawn LSAT? Wait, hold up. If you withdrew, there should be no record of it. Correct. If you withdraw before the test, it's not even on your record at all. So that's a clear no. If you canceled, and by withdraw you mean cancel, then no. You don't need to explain your cancellation (laughs) either because it's just one. Right. Two, I have been thinking about including a diversity statement because I am hearing impaired and have a hearing aid. I can't find a lot of information online about diversity statements written about a disability, so I'm not sure how well it will be received or if it's needed at all. What do you think about that? Uh, I feel like that is, uh, something that could be, could end up being a diversity statement topic. Uh, certainly being hearing impaired is not something that most people go through. And so talking about it could be meaningful. It just depends on what you have to say and how you feel like it's impacted you. Um, hearing impaired is different than being deaf. So I would, I don't know. It would just depend on how much of it, how much of it, it's affected your life. Yeah, it depends on what you have to say. If you can <clears throat> emphasize that it is going to bring a new, different perspective to the law school classroom, I think they would be willing to uh, entertain that argument. Sure. Keep it, keep it short. Keep it, you know, punchy. Three, I was advised to include any work experience that may be relevant to a legal career on my resume. I was a research assistant in a psychology lab as a freshman with a focus on juvenile delinquency intervention and assessment. But since I have had more meaningful research experience as a coordinator and now manager. Oh, since I have had more meaningful research experience as a coordinator and now manager, the assistant position has been bumped off. It didn't seem meaningful to include a position where I really only entered data and did quick quality checks on data, but I have been recommended otherwise. Thoughts on leaving it off versus adding it back on? This is this is uh, confused for a lot of different reasons. One, we're not just putting things on our resume that are relevant to a legal career. We're putting things on our resume that show that we've worked hard, whether that's relevant to law or not. In fact, a lot of people are going to have things on their resume that have nothing to do with the law. But if it's something that you did in college or after college, include it in your resume to show how busy you were at the very least and to show that you work hard and how your work experience may have affected your GPA. If you show that you worked 20 hours a week in college um, bussing tables, who gives a shit that it doesn't have anything to do with the law? The fact is that you did that while you were in college and you still pulled out a 3.8. That's awesome. So whether or not you include something on your resume is not really a question. We're going to include it all unless it makes you look bad. And nothing, hopefully, should make you look bad uh, if it does take it off. But I can't think of things right now. Yeah, lawyers are the hardest workers in the world. So hard work, by definition, is relevant to a legal career. Yep. Um, so yeah, I don't see why you would leave that off and Um, include, include the hours that you worked per week. So you can start to show uh, how much time was spent working outside of school. Perfect. Okay. Thank you, Molly. Next one. Yep. Uh, who wants a thousand dollars? That's the subject line. Mm, Depends. 
Yeah. What are you saying here? Ben and Nathan, feel free to use my name. Okay. I've listened to almost 40 of the podcasts and I've come away convinced that prioritizing accuracy over speed or pacing is the way to go. Yeah. Okay. You do want to prioritize accuracy. As a former college basketball player, it makes perfect sense. What? Oh yeah. Apparently I can't read. As a former college baseball player, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense to maximize each at bat rather than guessing in the hopes that you get lucky with the next one. Okay. Nathan, I think you are dead on that no one should pay for law school, but I was convinced not by the financial argument, but by the competition argument. If you pay, you're essentially a late round draft pick. It's going to be harder to succeed, period. So I definitely see the value of getting just one more point. However, I'm stuck. I have no issue dropping a grand on an online program, but which program? Kaplan? I'd rather eat Halo Top. Nathan, I'm almost done with my free class, but I'm deciding between Fox, LSAT, Strategy Prep, and Seven Sage. There's not exactly any hard data on programs, so everything I read is anecdotal. How would you compare contrast Fox, Strategy Prep, and Seven Sage if you know anything about it? More importantly, I donated $10 on Patreon hoping to get this on the show. Hashtag no shame. And I think it would be entertaining to hear a sales pitch for each of your respective online products. Thanks, guys. Brandon. We get emails like this every now and then. It seems like we say the same thing. Take both of our free classes and see which style of learning you like best and do the one that's best for you. We're very similar, but I don't know. Someone might like your yelling more than my non-yelling. Yeah, it's right. No, that's that's exactly right. I mean, for some people, I am the guy who can best get these concepts into your brain. For other people, Ben is the guy who can best get these concepts into your brain. If you are a listener of the show and if you enjoy our shit, then I think you want to go with one or the other of us. Um Seven Sage is a very different format. It's like not classroom teaching, right? It's not like a person. No. And I can't endorse their methods. Like I just can't endorse the way the ways that they talk about the test. I I don't like I don't buy their explanations. Mm-hmm. So it's there's there's lots of smart people out there doing lots of different LSAT products, and you just got to find a teacher who is seems like they are getting through to you. Yeah. And we have the free classes are there for a reason so that you can figure that out. It's not like, I don't know why a sales pitch is now going to get you over the edge after you've already done the free classes. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry if that's disappointing, Brandon. Um, for anyone who wants to try the free classes, you can go to foxlsat.com forward slash free or strategyprep.com forward slash free. Perfect. Yeah. Next. Yep. You? Uh, yeah, me. Hi, guys. Update about withdrawals. They are not counting toward my GPA! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. GPA 3.73. Huge sigh of relief. Wish I could provide more about why, but the process is so ambiguous. My best guess is that it comes down to whether or not it affected your school's reporting of the GPA. But I read about past accounts where that was not the case. You may have seen from Facebook that I hit a 177 practice test, and my updated graph is drumming up lots of new conversations. That's on the uh, Thinking LSAT Facebook group. 
Um, yeah, check that out. Ezra has been posting um, data on uh, practice test scores over time. And wow, all the way up now to a 177. We've talked about yeah. it previously on the show. There were periods where that practice test record showed like, oh boy, a big decline, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or oh yeah. no, a plateau or oh no, I haven't really improved all that much from my starting score. But if you look at it over a longer time frame, you see that it is, uh, you know, continuing to head upward uh, in the long run. And now, wow, Ezra is all the way up to 177. Amazing. Yeah, no, it looks exactly like the stock market. It's yeah, right. bouncing up and down, but going up over time. Don't try to predict it. Don't try to time it. Just keep in it for the long term and you will do great. Yeah. Um, also, I attached a draft of one possible personal statement. If you want to tear it to shreds on the show, that would be absolutely amazing and I would love it. Cheers, Ezra. Well, I'm inclined to do it. Yeah, let's do it. Dropped off with my two heavy duffel bags, comma, I stood in front of a sign that read, and then there's a whole bunch of like kanji symbols. Yeah. Chinese and characters. Is it Chinese character? I don't know. Is that is it right to say kanji or no? Well, I don't know. I know in okay. I Japanese know says that it's kanji, but I don't know what they call it in uh, Chinese. And that's Chinese, not Japanese characters? I'm pretty sure because I don't see any Japanese characters in the mix there, which suggests to me it's Chinese. Hey, this is a potential tattoo for you. <laughs> yeah, this looks like shit. I'm not <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Uh, okay, so I stood in front of a sign that read, and there's a whole bunch of symbols. Okay, and I I'm already hoped, like kind of like turned off by that. Probably. I am irritated by it. Yeah, and I ho- yeah. and hoped I was at the location of my new apartment. You know, so like Anne said something in class one time that really hit 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 me. She was in my class in San Francisco visiting, and she said they need to be learning something new about you from the very first sentence, mm-hmm. and. You know, what did they learn from that sentence, Ezra? They learned that you have been to China. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> if they know what that is. Or they learned that you've been to Chinatown. Yeah. Or they learned that you've been potentially to Japan or Taiwan or some other place that has shit that we can't read. Mm-hmm. They've learned that you, like, thought it was a good idea to put something unreadable in the first sentence of your personal statement. Mm-hmm. It's literally, that is literally unreadable. I don't, I don't know that you want to put a literally unreadable thing in the first sentence of your personal statement. And not to pile on here, but I would, this stuff screams at me. It just, and I can't imagine it doesn't scream to some reviewers, especially at the top law schools. Your comma is outside of your quotation marks and it just, I don't know. It just looks awful. The sentence construction is also just terrible in yeah, the first yeah. place. The the beginning, like I say this all the time to my class that I will, as a someone who is a decent reader and writer, I will start judging you immediately mm-hmm. in like two sentences. I always say, mm-hmm. but yeah. I have judged Ezra here in eight words and a comma. The, the sentence starts with dropped off with my two heavy duffel bags, comma. 
And I'm like, where's the subject of the sentence? It's already passive construction. Who dropped you off? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, like you are not the actor in that (laughs) clause. And (laughs) what you got dropped off? Who cares? You got dropped off with duffel bags, but that's now the start of your first sentence is dropped off with my two heavy duffel bags, comma. Mm-hmm. what's going on? Come on, keep it straightforward and make like you go somewhere, do something. Don't be dropped off. <laughs> After returning from the alien mothership. Yeah. Where? Yeah. We don't know where you are. We don't know where you're coming from. We don't know where you're going. Okay. And hoped I was at the location of my new apartment. That's grammatically incorrect, by the way. Because uh, if you're going to put a comma in front of that and, that means that what comes after it needs to be an independent clause, and right now it's not, because it doesn't have a subject. I stood in front of a sign that read blah, 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 and, oh, I stood in front, it should say not, there shouldn't be an and, it should say hoping instead, right? I stood in front of a sign that read, hoping I was at the location of my That would work, yeah, you could do that. Or you could do and I hoped, you wanted to put that subject in there to make it independent clause, but... Right now it's, yeah, it's wrong. Yeah. Okay. Upon entering the building, I found a round little gray haired man with a friendly smile and kind eyes standing behind the security desk. I wave. mm, What? I was going to say, this is trying to be, trying to create a narrative. Yeah. It's this like cinematic bullshit that it's <laughs> kind eyes. you should yeah i know kind eyes is like are you trying to is it, are you writing this dude's tinder profile or what i don't are you setting someone up on a double date why why does that why is why is this man's eyes why are this man's eyes in your personal statement sorry it's funny Okay. I waved, said hello, and asked in English, where is 434 Lanche Road? He smiled even broader and vigorously nodded his head. Oh, Ezra. <laughs> you, you asked him where it is, and he nodded vigorously. <laughs> I, I mean... He, Okay, trying to get across that you're at your right place. So here's what happened in your first paragraph. You found your apartment that you're supposed to be going to, and there was a beautiful man there. (laughs) (laughs) This is your personal statement for law school. You're not making a case for yourself here. You're supposed to be making a case for yourself. You're supposed to be imparting the idea that you are going to be a kick-ass lawyer and law student. You're, who's, what is this? Uh, what's, what, whose story is that? What is, what is happening? Why am I reading this? You're wasting my time. That's my, I mean, you know, and I like, Ezra, I want to, I'm, I'm on your team. <laughs> I want you to be successful. But I read this and I go, Huh? I thought you were trying to get into my law school. What are you? You got to keep reading this. This is Okay. Living in Taiwan for two years required adjusting. I mean, no shit for one. (laughs) Uh, 
Okay, language barriers, like the one above, were just one of many difficulties. Vague. Well, also multiple language barriers. That could probably just be the language barrier. Yeah. Luckily, I am no stranger to new languages, cultures, and ways of life. Oh, my gosh. You don't like it? No, it just seems like a huge claim. But okay, I'm listening. It's vague. You don't, you don't need to say that. You could just immediately go into the next stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. If you say, I grew up learning Hebrew, traveling twice to Israel. I studied Spanish in grades 3 through 12, traveling to Mexico, and spent a semester in Peru. I even took German classes. I mean, okay. Yeah, that... I, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a stretch. I mean, you grew up learning Hebrew. Okay, so you took some classes, and then you went to Israel twice. So now you're an international, like, vagabond. I just, I studied Spanish in grades three through 12, traveling to Mexico. Who hasn't traveled to Mexico? A lot of people do that. And it doesn't mean, you know, neither of those mean that you're fluent in Hebrew or Spanish. Yeah. But you do not have to be fluent in either of those languages. You have studied them and you have traveled there. You could completely not be fluent at all. I feel like I was trying to be this international man of mystery but it sounds like an experience that's not too far off i even took german classes so spanish wasn't working out you took a couple classes in german now can you go talk to anyone in those countries that's what i want to know can you live there yeah if you put i'm fluent in hebrew spanish and german yeah then that's you don't need to say anything you don't more. need to say you travel but there. when you say all this other shit it makes me think you're not yeah, that you're like trying to present like build evidence that you have this international, I don't know, um, experience or whatever, but okay. Yeah. As I settled into my new life in, <laughs> and here's some symbols city. <laughs> Sorry. I'm okay. In a goofy mood. This is fun. A hundred percent. Do not do this, Ezra. You got to take these stupid symbols out of this personal statement. You're insulting your reader. You're just like, you're making it impossible to read. Like, what are you doing? It has an English name. This is, this personal statement needs to be written in English. And now you're putting these symbols in your what? Okay. As I settled into my new life in hieroglyphic city, I would come home after each full day of MBA classes and teaching English, grateful for the unfailing <laughs> smile from that same security guard. Oh, he's coming back. Okay. I stopped by his desk every night to chat. We began with gestures, pictures, and broken language. Eventually, and inevitably, <laughs> our conversations evolved. Ooh, it was destiny. It's meant to be, Ben. I got to hey, put myself together ben, here. <laughs> ben, sometimes you just see it in their eyes. You can just tell right it's away. Meant, sometimes you just be. know that kind, that, those kind eyes, it's inevitable. Man, I might not have to work um, out today. My abs are already getting a workout here. Okay. Um, I showed him translation apps, and we began to teach each other new words, him speaking English and me Mandarin. Over time, we broadened our nightly conversations from greetings to the weather to hobbies, career questions, and family matters. <laughs> then there's quotation marks and a whole bunch of symbols inside the quotation marks. 
This is the sentence. It's a whole bunch of hieroglyphics. I would say, <laughs> not me. He would pull. He would reply politely. You are my teacher, even though he truly was my. And then there's more hieroglyphics. I'm guessing that's teacher for, uh, yeah, Chinese. I could read if it said sensei. Anyways, I. Uh, it this wow wow do not this it's not that often that a personal statement needs to be blown up and completely start from scratch but this is uh i am I'm, I'm not seeing anything salvageable so far okay <clears throat> there are many interpretations of learning that incorrectly emphasize hard work as the central or even sole factor in determining success whoa <laughs> We're shifting gears now into a a strong statement about philosophy of education. Yeah. Inc- saying it's wrong to emphasize hard work. Whoa. Mm. Have you read the book uh, Grit by Angela Duckworth? <laughs> she is a PhD scholar on the subject of education, success, and hard work. It would be interesting to see what she has to say about this sentence. Have you ever met a lawyer? Have you seen the movie RBG? Um, hmm. While working hard toward a goal is often a component of many great achievements, there is another aspect to learning and developing, exemplified by those nightly conversations in, and then there's more of these obnoxious symbols. No idea can develop without communication, collaboration, and using the greatest resource we have at our disposal one another. Oh my God. <laughs> Philosophy, man. Yeah, this is now just trite. Okay. Th- this is now just you rhapsodizing about the f- philosophical bullshit about humanity. And it's all about each other, man. Like, what? I'm supposed to be learning something about you as a lawyer and law student. Was this, was this a stone? Stone no, then this, wrote us back with his actual oh, name. <laughs> Stone could be double trolling us with the, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I, unfortunately, past traditions based on fear and bigotry urge us to close borders, distrust foreigners, and hold our own country above the rest. Oh. With globalization in full swing, if humanity is to succeed, we need to work together. This can only be done if we learn how to communicate with one another, cross cultural, political boundaries, and unite globally. Okay, all of that is bullshit. Get all of that out of your personal statement. So vague and vacuous, and just you sound like a politician. You also sound like a high schooler. <laughs> You know, it's like it's a it's like people don't understand what the personal what personal statement means, I think. They're supposed to be learning about you. They're not supposed to be learning about your philosophies of uniting the human race. Truisms, Nathan, they're truisms. Yeah, they're <sighs> It's just trite bullshit. It's it just uh, no one wants to hear any of this. We're glad that you have these philosophies, Ezra. That's nice, but that's not what this personal statement is about. You're not teaching me anything about you. 
I actually feel um, like the philosophies undermine you too. I mean, just the fact it just seems naive and overly it does. optimistic and idealistic. If humanity is to succeed, we need to work together. <laughs> that is some. That is the most trite. That is like such a waste of time. Who's, like, who's yes. going to argue against this? We no one is going to argue against it. It's fucking like let's. let's we're going to sing. We are the world now, and hold hands. And like, yeah, okay. That's that is not. This is not personal, Ezra. This is not. Where are you in this statement? You're you're not you're you're talking to your your new friend at the counter of your hotel. It's a lovely moment you're having with this guy, but I don't look at this next sentence. Holy. <laughs> Here it is. You ready? Brace yourself. I can't believe you would say this after listening to the podcast. But anyway, that's true. Ezra, yeah, this is this is bizarre. This is again it makes me think that maybe we're being trolled because <laughs> Here it is. Okay. Law school will help me bring humanity together. <laughs> awesome. I hope it does. I hope it does too. Maybe maybe Ezra is going to just solve all of our problems. I think Ezra wants to run for president and sees himself as winning that in the future despite the fact that his odds are better at becoming a, you know, an MVP quarterback. Yeah. Whether canvassing in Spanish for progressive politics, writing an honors thesis on the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, working in the office of the first African-American New York State Assemblywoman, captaining a dragon boat team of 20-plus nationalities, teaching English abroad, or scheduling foreclosure prevention loans in Mandarin, I know that I can be an asset in helping unify a world that we too often forget <laughs> is extremely diverse. What? I've, oh my gosh. That this, is quite a sentence. Okay, so it feels like you're trying so hard to say, look how amazing I am. I've done 300 million things. All of these things, if you've actually done them, um, <clears throat> which apparently Splitty did, need to be in your resume. And... Uh, the last part of the sentence is useless and pointless. So everything after the semicolon, yeah, which is an incorrect semicolon because everything before the semicolon is actually not a sentence. Yeah. The stuff after the semicolon there is a sentence, but the part, the first part started with weather mm. and didn't complete a sentence. I need to find a pencil. I'm going to stick it in my eye here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so furthermore, the previous, like, where, where he was, like, taking Spanish classes as a child and going to Mexico one time, did, if he actually canvassed in Spanish, then he could just say he canvassed in Spanish for progressive politics yeah. and just cut out all that previous bullshit, which undermines the point of, do you speak Spanish? I, I'm now still confused. Like, are you... Is this hypothetical that you're going to go out and canvas in Spanish, or did you actually do this thing? Yeah. Did do you, do did you schedule foreclosure prevention loans in fucking Mandarin, or are you making that up as a I'm going to do this after I go to law school? Was this after you learned Mandarin from the security guard? <laughs> right. What? It, this needs to be much more. This is just it needs to be way more just straightforward. 
And you, any one of these things, by the way, I mean, here we actually have some usable stuff. Sure. Working in the office of the first African-American New York State Assemblywoman. What did you do there? And not even five things. I want to know one thing that was interesting and you could write about that alone by itself. Or how about cap- captaining, captaining a dragon boat team of a hundred or twenty plus national? What what was what happened there? What how did you lead this group and what was it for? I mean, yeah, there's so many things here. If yeah, these are real, pick, and pick one of these and just write your entire personal statement about that and tell me a story that shows some of your intangible qualities Yep. and all this shit can get all these other things can get moved to the, to the personal state or to the resume. Mm-hmm. Your, your nice romance that you're having with the security <laughs> guard. I don't understand how that's really that relevant. Like you made a friend who'd spoke, who spoke a different language. That's nice. But I, I don't, <laughs> That's not what I'm. I, I, that's not an achievement to make a friend with a random security guard. Yeah, and these other things are so much. You're undermining all these other things that you've actually done. So yeah, talk about your work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you're going to be much better off here if you talk about. Give me a story from the assembly, state of New York State Assembly. Yeah, and just be be more serious and much less uh, cinematic. Mm-hmm. And just stop with all the rhapsodizing about how you're going to bring the world together. I would love to advance my education so I may further represent those without a voice in United State apostrophe S society. What? Interpret new technology laws to increase accessibility and global connection. What does that mean? Or, or <laughs> strengthen ties to the world through international law. What? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Do you what think you're like Zeus? You <laughs> Whoa. I mean, any one individual can barely affect any of this. And that's even if they are president of the United States. None of this means anything. It's all so vague. You're going to interpret new technology laws to increase accessibility and global connection. Oh my gosh. Wait, you're going to be an interpreter or you're going to be a judge? What does that mean? I don't know. But you're going to interpret the laws and you're going to do it in such a way to increase accessibility and global connection. So what, HTTP is now more legal friendly and so people are chatting more? (laughs) Than they were before. You're going to strengthen ties to the world through international law. <laughs> ties to the world. <laughs> the world is tied to what? I don't. I don't know that international law is meant to strengthen ties. What? International law is actually, in my opinion, nothing. <laughs> I mean, there is international law, but it's not written down, and it's all subject to norms, and it's just a completely vague. <sighs> ambiguous area of the world that yeah a few people work in but i don't know anyways this is bizarre 
With a legal education, I can use the skills I learned to help the citizens of the United States tell the global community in multiple languages, you are not alone. We will not give up on the world. <laughs> this was, you, Ezra, you need to go into politics. This is, you'd fit right in. This is the kind of stuff people stand up and say, and then they go off and do nothing. Yeah, trite, meaningless, just, yeah. We're going to say it in multiple languages? You're going to stand up and say it in Spanish and Mandarin? Yep. And now the yep. world's going to believe you? I'm sorry. It's like, and I, I don't, hey, the sentiment behind it, I, I feel you, you know? I, I'm not. I don't even understand like, the sentiment behind it. What, what's I, the I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time understanding it. But I, I feel like Ezra has a good heart. You know, I, I think that this is coming from a place of genuinely wanting to bring the world together and wanting things to be better. And I get, I get it. Like I, I I'm with you. Okay, I'm on your team. But this is a horrible personal statement. Mm-hmm. Like you, you are not helping your own case here by just going on and on about kind of meaningless. I don't know. Trite is the word I've said it 10 times now, but this is, it is, it just comes off as completely naive. Mm-hmm. I still remember my last conversation in Taiwan with my friend who is now named in these fucking symbols again. <laughs> I told him quote <laughs> fucking symbols. It was a rare moment when his smile faded for a moment and he answered in flawless English, I am sad you will leave, but you always have a home here. We still keep in touch. And that's the end of the personal statement. Well, I hope we've given you some ideas to start over and come up with something that will reflect many of your awesome talents because I don't doubt that you have them. If you've done anything remotely similar to what you describe here in this long ass sentence. Um, you have a lot to talk about and a lot of great things to talk about and you need to focus on them and make yourself credible and, um, focused on one thing. And a 3.73 and a 177 and you're like an awesome candidate. And this is one of the worst personal statements I've ever seen. I, I got to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's just like it is all over the place. The thing with the symbols, you 100% cannot do that. I don't care about your security guard friend. You've built the whole personal statement around a guy, someone who had nice eyes. <laughs> you're There's so much just, you know, like going nowhere editorialization about the world. Yeah. Cut all of that out. Don't talk about the world, bringing people together, even helping people who are unrepresented. Unless you say any of that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you have done that, then you can talk about doing it, but But that's it. Yeah. Don't talk about your plans to do that. Talk about what you've done. Right. And that's it. So the, this is, this is definitely blow it up and start from scratch and pick one of these things. I, I would say being in the assembly, New York state assembly, working for the first African-American New York state assembly woman. Sounds great. Yeah. And by the way, T- by saying me, that you don't ever need to use the words progressive, which I think you used once. And then you right. said something else to like allude to your, your liberal leaning mentality, which is fine, but you don't need to say that. You worked in this office. That's all being told by the facts. There are so many things that are conveyed uh, if you just tell a story and, it, and stop it doesn't editorializing. Make you new, 
it doesn't make you different or interesting either. I mean, most young people are like probably leaning progressive. Yeah. So you're not, you're not like really making yourself sound really different or interesting by going off about your like progressive ideals. Yep. Instead, talk about what you've done. Talk about what you're bringing to the table and you want to demonstrate that by showing me what you have done. And this list, there's one sentence in here that lists out all these things like, okay, I would love to hear more about those things. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's all I want to hear about. So Ezra back to the drawing board. (laughs) Thanks for, uh, thanks for writing in and uh, thanks for continuing to post on the Facebook group and be a a strong supporter of the show. We hope you're not like too offended, but you did say, I'll go back and read it. If you want to tear it to shreds, so, <laughs> yes, we delivered. <laughs> Thank you. All right. It was entertaining. I think you got it. It was entertaining. That was uh, that was a good time. Um, I think you have to go, right, Ben? I do. Okay. Awesome. Um, that was episode 156 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Thanks, all y'all, for listening. It's been nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school. <laughs> <laughs>